Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to our podcast, Whatever the Weather. For many folks, this is a welcome back to Whatever the Weather, the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, I'm meteorologist Sarah Spivey. And I'm Katie Blake. And Katie's also a meteorologist. I am. <laughs> and uh, we're so excited. We've been able to revive this Whatever the Weather podcast, where we're going to be talking about so many different topics about the weather. Uh, we're excited. Uh, we are kind of jazzed it up a bit. We've got a new producer, Alyssa. Yell hi, Alyssa. There you go. We've got some wonderful graphics behind us. And we've also got a video element to our podcast now. Anytime we do a podcast, we're also going to release it on ksat.com in video form, Mm -hmm. complete with pictures. So we've got a lot of video elements to this. And you can find them on ksat.com. We're so excited to have this podcast back. It's been a while. Katie, when did we start this podcast? Do you remember? Was it 2018? It was 2019. 2019. Okay. And it, yes. It might have been 2018, actually. I've got to say, our hiatus kind of worked out because we wouldn't have been able to do this last year. No, we wouldn't. So. You know, the coronavirus and the pandemic obviously, you know, kept us from being face to face with each other. And now here we are again in 2021, uh, about to talk about all things weather. So thank you guys so much for being on this I'm going to use this word, this journey with us. <laughs> this journey <laughs> into podcasting. So today, Katie, what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about our lives as meteorologists. We always get a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. aside from the weather forecast, about who does your hair and makeup? Yeah. How do you forecast? What does it take to be a meteorologist? So we're going to address a lot of these burning questions, get you a little sneak peek behind the curtain of the life of a broadcast uh, meteorologist. So this is going to be fun. Kind of a reintroduction for everyone, bringing you back while we're all kind of starting at the same point. And then as these episodes continue to roll out, we're going to tackle some weather issues, climate issues. You don't all know that what you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. So first things first, question we get often is what do you study in school? Like how do you become a meteorologist? Do you just study how to stand in front of a green screen and smile and point <laughs> and wave and read a prompter? Oh, no. No, 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 no. It is a lot more in-depth than that. First thing to know is that nowadays mm-hmm. it's good to be a degreed meteorologist if you're going to be a broadcast meteorologist, meaning yeah. a four-year degree in meteorology or an atmospheric sciences. So, Katie, what was your journey to uh, meteorology like? Yeah, I always knew I liked weather as a child. If you've followed me for a long time, you know that I went to weather camp as like a (laughs) fourth, fifth grader. So I was that that kid. So I always really liked weather, but I didn't know as I was getting into college if I wanted to do TV or broadcasting. So I actually went to Texas Tech for, well, that's that's so the whoop whoop is not the um, Texas Tech. She just did a whoop. <laughs> Let the record show that she did my alma mater, Texas A&M whoop. I'm so confused. Wow, Katie. Um, what actually do you say <laughs> if what, you go to I Texas to be, Tech? Just what happens when I try to be cool. <laughs> you, what do we say? Guns up or rack them. Rack them. <laughs> it's in West Texas. So yeah. there's that. So Tech 
and this is very well known, they have a wonderful graduate program mm-hmm. in atmospheric sciences. Um, they're doing a ton of good research out there, especially with the Vortex project, but they don't have a true undergraduate degree in atmospheric science. I minored in it, so I had to major in something else. I actually majored in geophysics. What is geophysics? It is, <laughs> the easiest way to describe it, it's what you would major in if you wanted to get like into the oil field as a geologist. You could also do geology, but geophysics is a, it's a lot of rock stuff. I took a ton <laughs> of classes about rocks. You would be real surprised how... Uh, hard that can be okay all right (laughs) and then I okay okay I'll wrap it up see this is why we have a script now so I don't just talk and talk talk (laughs) so then I I did some internships during my time at Texas Tech in TV talk into the mic just wanted to remind you about thank you sorry I'll get the hang of this and that's when I realized (laughs) that I really wanted to be in broadcasting so knowing that I knew I was going to have some gaps in my coursework coming out of my bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. so that led me to Mississippi State where I got my master's in meteorology that was two years and I actually I was there I was a teach teaching assistant so I was there for two years and And didn't you have your first job while you were going to school at Mississippi State yes I was a weekend morning meteorologist in Jackson Mississippi that's really cool that's That's how it all started so how long have you been doing this how long have you been a broadcast meteorologist since 2015 wow going on six years yeah that's awesome Feeling, feeling old what about your journey Sarah my journey to the world of weather. Um, well, I actually went to Northwest Vista Community College <laughs> for a year, and that was really great. I knew I wanted to do something involved in the sciences and performing arts because I loved the theater and the stage. And so I was able to go to uh, Northwest Vista Community College, get my first year of credentials. And so if anybody here in San Antonio is going to Vista, it's a great school. And then after that, Texas A&M, the actual whoop, (laughs) (laughs) the Gingham Aggies. I've got a couple of pictures that I want to show of uh, me at Texas A&M. For one of my graduation, uh, for my graduation, I actually painted the top of my cap as a thunderstorm. That's cool. So that was fun. I, you know, I've always That's enjoyed cool. weather. I, you have a unique perspective because you went to weather camp and things like that. So you've loved the weather for a long period of time, and and I've always had an interest in it. But it really wasn't until I was a senior in high school that mm-hmm. I decided that I wanted to do meteorology and. Man, am I glad that it was a little bit, I was a little bit of light bloomer, but it was fun. And um, I absolutely loved it. Texas A&M has this wonderful, uh, big radar at the top of the building. And so I was able to do a lot of experiments and weather ballooning. I held down the weather balloon because I was light enough to get <laughs> in there and heavy enough to keep the weather balloon down. So that was, that that was a fun cool. thing. All right. So that's our, those are our uh, journeys through education. If you want to be a meteorologist or know somebody who wants to be a meteorologist, either way, uh, that Katie went, got a master's, you know, degree in meteorology, that's, that's entirely possible. And then uh, you could also go to Texas A&M. Texas A&M has a great program. Mm-hmm. OU has a great program. Oh, Penn yeah. State has a great program. Uh, and there's, a, there's you know, UIW in San Antonio has a pretty good program too, as far mm-hmm. as being a meteorology, a meteorologist is concerned. But I think you know, if you're wanting to go in Texas and state tuition, I would recommend Texas A&M. You, yeah, maybe. I 
I went a, I kind of made it a little harder on myself, yeah. which like I, that's totally where I was supposed to to go. Yeah, I met certain people on on that journey, and so that's definitely what I was supposed to do. Um, but if you want to make it easy on yourself and maybe a little easier on your wallet, you could just do the straight bachelor's degree. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what you need. So. Either way, y'all have such a great program. Our coworker Justin Horn is also an Aggie. Went through that program. Giggum Aggie, swoop. All right, so that's how nowadays you want to be an actual bona fide meteorologist Mm -hmm. by studying. Uh, But then it's it does get deeper than that. We do actually have to get beautiful for camera. And (laughs) dang it, we have to wear things that are not hideous and we have to uh do our own makeup we do our own makeup and our own hair a lot of people yeah. ask us who does our hair who does our makeup katie blake sarah spivey <laughs> that's who does our hair and our makeup and we have different ways of doing this you know mm-hmm. i work a very early morning shift right and you work a pretty late shift i work uh, i get up at 2 30 in the mornings on saturdays and sundays and i show up to work and i don't have my hair and makeup done and 30 minutes before the show I do my hair and makeup. So I've gotten it down to a science. I use hot rollers. Katie's use hot rollers too. Mm-hmm. We'll show you a picture of that. <laughs> it's beautiful. We look great. We I, we call it grandma chic, okay, because you got the hot rollers in your hair. Yep. And, you know, we do our own makeup. Uh, I will say, though, I have gotten it down to a science, Katie. I can get it done in 15 minutes if yeah. I need to or I mean, less. After you've... It- after working in TV for several years, yeah. I mean, now we know we know what products work for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like have a yeah very specific routine, and if you're in a pinch, you can get it done pretty fast. So yeah, you really can. It, and you are Katie is the the makeup magician. I'll just be honest; she's always changing things up. She's done tutorials. It's really great. I so. did that one tutorial and it was super lame. And I yeah. took it off of YouTube. I watched it like a year later, Katie. and I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever done." So, um, yeah, Sell I just yourself up. Not sure. <laughs> it was not. It was not great. Um, but I I think it's just because we have to use makeup so often. We have to use makeup. There you go. That's so cool. often. That you kind of get good at it just because yeah. we have to do it every day. Um, my skin doesn't love that I we have to no. do this every day, but I digress. So, yeah. So, I work the weekend evening shows. So, I come in a little bit later, typically around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon for our shows that are around 5 or 5.30. But then our last show doesn't wrap up until 11 p.m. And that's if we're not preempted by college football when it's that time of year, NBA, all that kind of stuff. So Sarah and I pretty much, especially on the weekends, are on pretty much complete opposite schedules. I think sometimes, because I won't get home then until like 1130. Yeah, that's late. And I can't just plop in bed. Sometimes I wish I could just fall asleep right away. So then I could get up earlier the next morning. But you got to wind down and stuff. So Watching some Netflix. I know. Sometimes I th- I think, I'm like, I wonder if Sarah's up yet. Like I think sometimes as I'm falling oh, asleep. Oh, I am. There's Sarah's been times up. where I've texted Katie at 1.30 in the morning because we got some storms. And I'm like, good night. Hope you sleep good. And then she's like, okay, good morning. Have and, a great day. Yeah. And if there's severe weather, sometimes we stay until the other gets in. So it's yeah. – uh, Yep. It's a blast. Okay. So we also get in early because 
we forecast, mm -hmm. we come up with the data that you see on television every day. Uh, I'm going to talk for a bit about mm -hmm. forecasting and how that works, because sometimes we'll hear from people and it's, it's, it's all well-meaning, all right? Uh, like, how hard can it be? You can just look up the weather and then present it, right? But that that defeats the purpose of, of who we are as meteorologists, what we've went to school for. You know, it's really fascinating because the atmosphere is so complex that we have to turn it into a math equation so that we can see what's next. But it's not simple math. I'm going to show you right now one of the math equations, okay? that we use. And you can see that on the video that comes with this podcast, but it's complicated. All right. There's a lot of math this that goes on. And in fact, flashbacks. To school. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. In fact, before, before we had computers, it was darn near impossible to forecast beyond what was happening right now outside and what was seasonably normal, right? Mm -hmm. People knew, you know, there's a dry season, a wet season. People knew those things. And they knew that when they saw a heavy cloud that it meant that there was going to be rain. But before computers, we could not we could not forecast beyond yeah. what was happening right now. And so, in fact, I just want to tell you a really cool example, okay? People used, you know, the word computer comes from what, humans used to do. They used to compute data by hand. And now we have these computers to do it for us that are electronic. I found this really interesting, a brief history of forecasting uh, from a uh, weather site called iWeatherNet. And the article is a brief history of forecasting by Chris Robbins. All right, listen to this. In 1910, a scientist named Lewis Fry Richardson, he made a valiant effort to, by hand, compute the change in surface air pressure just over a six-hour time frame, okay? Yeah. To compute it by hand. First of all, it took him six weeks to do that for a six-hour time period. <laughs> and then your six and hours. And the gone. prediction was totally wrong, oh. okay? It did not, it did not work. And Astoundingly, he concluded, this is a quote from this article, that the process was so tedious that it would require approximately 64,000 human computers continuously calculating just to keep up with the weather for that six-hour period. And it's note wording, note, worth noting, there we go, that that calculation of 64,000 human computers is more likely 204,000 thousand human computers so that's how it, the idea of that was brought up but if we didn't have computers we would it, it would be impossible no, for us to do, do this math by hand exactly <laughs> and what what folks need to understand too is that even now with our computing power uh, through computers it is still only as good as the data that you put into it. Mm -hmm. And we cannot have weather sensors on every single spot on the earth and weather satellites that see everything, every single spot of the earth. So still these computers 
are not totally accurate. And that's where we come in as meteorologists to use our knowledge of what's actually going to happen and, and come up with percentages like percent probability of precipitation mm -hmm. or it's going to be 85 degrees today, you know, or one or two degrees warmer than that. And so that's where we come in. That's what we do every day, every morning when I come in, every evening when Katie comes in. We look at this computer data for at least 30 minutes to an hour and a half and compute what is going to happen. And that's what you see on air, our actual forecast that we painstakingly work over. Mm -hmm. So pretty neat. But if we were just to put data on television, that would be hecka boring, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. You can. Yeah. Well, I was going to say you can't just throw numbers up there. Sometimes we kind of do with like the planning forecast or the seven day forecast that you see at the very end. That's a lot of numbers. But we organize it in yeah. such a way that it's easy to understand. Right. So that's where our graphics systems come in, because like Sarah was saying, we can't just show you a bunch of computer mumbo jumbo. <laughs> um, so the graphics that we use, it's computer software. We use two different types here at KSAT in San Antonio, um, one by a company, The Weather Company. Mm -hmm. Really uh, really great name there. I like it. It's, <laughs> it's for, straightforward to the point. Um, and then also another company called Barron. So we're actually really fortunate here. A lot of stations just have one system, but um, we're really fortunate here that we have both. They each kind of serve a different purpose. They're unique in their own ways, but being able to use them together over the past, what, two years? Two years. Um, has been really great. And this is what the Max computer looks like. So you can see this. And then this is what the Baron computer looks like. And the Baron computer is great for radar. We can get really close in depth with the radar. Yeah, we use that Baron system a lot for severe weather uh, because the, the radar is great. We can do a lot of hand tracking with the Baron system as well. So the graphics really help us tell a good weather story. What's a weather story? Well, it's how we break down what's going on with the weather to our viewers and let you know what's going on and what to expect today, tomorrow, and over the next week or so. So they can really, you know, make or break a weather story because we can have that forecast, but if we don't communicate it well, then we haven't done all of our jobs. Exactly. So the graphics really help us out. We do have these software systems where the graphics are, and some of the graphics that you'll see, the data is put in there automatically, like current temperature. So right. for San Antonio and all the different cities, that's all continuously being fed in. We don't have to do anything with that. Now we could change the look of it if we wanted to, but we don't have to go in and put every city's current temperature, thankfully, because that would take a long time. Stuff like satellite and radar, that's also in there for us. We can tweak the the color table or the style of it, but that's all in there for us. Um, we do have to manually update some graphics, like go in, like the planning forecast, go in to each little icon and change that. Mm -hmm. We may also have to add in some text for rain chances. So may have to go in and type 20% isolated, 40% scattered, just depending on what the forecast is. So there are some graphics that we have to go in, open them up and do a little tweaking and then there are also some graphics that we kind of build from the ground up. 
that's a bit more rare. And it takes that, a lot more time. It does take a lot of time. And we'll typically do that if we're making some type of explainer graphic. If mm-hmm. we want to explain some phenomenon in depth, we'll start those graphics from the ground up. Yeah. So so that's a preview of like the graphics that we make. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, Katie, that people ask us about is, okay, do you read the prompter? No, we don't get to read the prompter. And I now, every now and then, if I do a... a a story like a climate related story and I type out a script for myself, I find it a treat to read the prompter yeah. because we never get to use the prompter. We ad lib everything we say yeah. and we get our time cues through our ears so that way we don't ramble on forever, which we can do sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> I I think there's sometimes that I do this. I may say, um, you know, if I'm yeah. transitioning to the next graphic and there may be a, a brief pause or something. And that's simply because, like Sarah said, we're ad-libbing everything off the top of our head. So it's not always perfect. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, right. And along with ad-libbing comes working on the infamous green screen. Everyone always has fun with these. Hopefully we can start getting some field trips back in here because it's yeah. awesome to show kids how that works. You know, throw a green uh, blanket over them and they're just a floating head and they get a kick out of that. So uh, the green screen also takes some practice. Um, got some pictures here for you. You'll notice there off to the side, there are some some small TV screens. That's actually how we're able to see ourselves. So uh, those are off to the side. So you don't see it when you're watching the newscast. Um, but that allows us to kind of just turn our head and we can see what we're pointing at. So that's our, our green screen TV match. It's pretty cool. And yeah. you know, we pull in a lot of hours. Sometimes we're working 18-hour shifts. If there's severe weather, we're definitely working a more than 12-hour shift or uh, hurricanes or even just, Katie, this last winter storm mm-hmm. that we had in Texas where you know, people were relying on us to give them information through the phones because, you know, the TVs weren't working because the power was out and the water was out and it was just a disaster. It was Mm -hmm. so challenging uh, to um, see our community suffering in that way. But you feel an, an, an enormous responsibility. So you have those events, those extreme weather events where we're working a lot. And then you have long hours, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm waking up early, you're staying up late. So what is something that you do, Katie, to to keep up with your your mental health? You know, first of all that, but then also physical health, right? You want to, you want to be healthy, not only so we look all right on TV, right? Because unfortunately, you know, it's a vain job. You got to kind of keep, (laughs) you got to keep up with the trends and all that stuff. But what do you do to stay like mentally and physically healthy? Yeah. It can be really challenging sometimes. I think especially a lot of females starting out Mm. in TV, it's real hard when you get those first couple of emails or comments <sighs> about not just like, oh, I don't like your clothes, but also your chubby or, you know, Some the mean things. that comments that the, people make. Yeah. So it is important. Some people, not everybody. Most people are nice. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Most people are very nice. And, and as you know, you kind of are in this job for a few years, you get kind of thick skin. But mm-hmm. uh, it is important for, for me. I rely very closely on my 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 family at home and and having people that um that some of my best friends are also tv meteorologists so just having a a group of people that i can kind of vent to but then also have healthy you know conversations and work through and you know i'm not feeling my greatest having that support there emotionally is really is really important and um i 
also find that I just feel a lot better about myself and just in general when I make sure I squeeze in some physical activity. So that's something I try to do with my schedule. I go in a little bit later in the day, so I make myself get up and and be kind of active. Katie is doing Peloton. I do. Tell us about that. <laughs> What's your Peloton name? It is K underscore Breezy. B-R-E-E-Z-Y-Y. Um, yeah, let's follow each other. <laughs> I I like I love the Peloton. Um, I had always like spin classes, so it's nice to be able to and with our weird schedules, do it whenever. Yeah. There are live classes sometimes, but if I only have twenty minutes, I can just get on there and do a little thing, pedal away. <laughs> but then and they have other good like yoga. I'm trying to do more yoga. Nice, which Being also centered. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Sarah? Um, I love running. Running is my fave. Um, that tends to help keep me mentally fit as well when you run and you get those endorphins. I, I just, yeah, we live in a really cool area that has a great trail. So I love running on that area. And then as far as like mentally, I really have a hard time separating myself from this job and separating myself from weather, which, you know, mm-hmm. is a good thing because that means, you, you know, you live it. But I do have people in my life like you that are kind of like, OK, Sarah, let's put the phone down and just have a nice dinner, <laughs> you know, like yeah. my husband or some of my friends. So that's kind of what I do. So, uh, yeah, I think this was a great episode, Katie, to just kind of let mm-hmm. people know what we do. Uh, and something that we want to, to do is we want to invite you into this podcast podcast, this video podcast, we want you to send us your weather questions to also send us just questions in general. And we'll, mm-hmm. we're going to try to answer them every single video podcast that we do. Uh, and a great way to stay in touch with us is uh, by making sure to go to the article where this web, where this podcast lives, which will be on ksat.com. And we'll provide our uh, emails and we'll provide uh, other ways for you to get in touch with us. Uh, but we're excited to be back with whatever the weather, right? Oh my gosh! You know what we have to do? We have to bring uh, Theo and Nora on. Our cats. I don't think they'll like the studio, but we'll, we'll try. Be fine. <laughs> That'll be fine. In my mind, Theo and Nora are husband and wife cats, um, but they can't have babies, so that's the way it is. <laughs> well, I'm so happy you. to be back. We're so happy to be back, and we want you to remember to weather, weather the, the weather, weather, whatever the weather. Nail. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. Oh, that was creepy. Sorry. (laughs) We'll work on it. Thanks for listening to Whatever the Weather. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Plus, if you want to watch the video, you can find that on KSAT's podcast page, YouTube, and the KSAT TV app on your Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, Apple, or Smart TV.